This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report on the hogs. Packers killed 379,000 head Monday. That is still far short of the 495,000 head they killed in the good old days pre-COVID. The standard Packer margin was reported by Iowa State University at $145 a head. I find it a hoot that in order for hog producers to coordinate a euthanasia of their livestock, that they have to get permission from the Justice Department so that it will not constitute collusion. The DOJ says that the USDA must manage the euthanasia program. Packers are afraid the producers will kill too many hogs. After all the trouble they have gone to the seeing to it that they are too many. The integrated Packers will not be participating in the euthanizing, nor should they be allowed to get COVID aid payments. They won't miss them independent producers who are being forced out of the industry when they are gone. They have been a golden goose for Packers. They made it so that these producers most often lost money, but not so much that they did not come back for more. They let them make money every once in a while so they would keep trying. The integrated packers will be the ones who profits when the loss of independent producers reduces pig production to a level where hog prices and pork prices soar. By then they will own the pigs. At that point what pigs will be worth is immaterial as they are selling pork. On cattle... There should be a lot more downside risk in wholesale beef prices and none in cash cattle for a while. How far do beef prices have to fall before consumers take interest again? They may see $5 hamburger and $12 steak as a bargain after watching prices double that. It will be most interesting to see if any beef was sold for export last week or if we became a major beef importer. 47% of range in pasture is in good to excellent condition compared to 66% a year ago. That is a problem considering the need to stack some feeders up, delaying their entry into feed yards. Packers cannot kill the number of cattle on feed needed, so feedlots need to temporarily place a lot fewer of them. They cannot buy new feeders when the pens are full of overweight fat cattle. I don't see that the industry has balanced that out yet. Feedlots are bidding for feeders like they are still afraid that they are going to be too few than too many. Economies are reopening, so demand for beef will improve, right? That's the optimistic outlook. With another $16.5 billion added CCC funding by the HEROES bill passed by the House, the USDA estimates that 85% of COVID-19 direct losses of farmers could be covered. Frankly, I think it would take more than that. Woulda, coulda, as the House bill is going nowhere in the Senate for an undetermined amount of time. The frustrating part is that the money the Dems are now putting into this new bill they took out of the last one. That's how it should have been funded in the first place. A group of state attorney generals were lobbying the EPA to waive the RFS blending rules, citing hardship for petroleum refineries. Some hardship. Refineries are about as hard up as pork packers are right now. The refineries got to buy the cheap oil. Any price for gasoline works when they are paying them to take the oil. Half of ethanol production has been shut down, so they are going after the other half. Politico wrote the headline, Food Nationalism Rising in Europe. Food nationalism is rising the world over as prices and supply disruptions occur. Nations should respond by increasing food stocks reserves. The dependence on others for food security will no longer be acceptable. That should give us a short-term burst of demand. 
I would be surprised that under the current animosity being shared by the U.S. and China, that China doesn't fill reserves in case things blow up. As to the European Union, this food nationalism will make it all the more difficult or impossible to get a trade deal done with them. It is best to work on the U.K. first for concessions that could later be extrapolated into negotiations with the E.U. If there is no deal on ag, then there should be no deal. Australia now has a trade war going with China. I don't think that it was Australia's fault. China imposed an 80.5% tariff on Australian barley, which cost Australian farmers $500 million. They combined a 73.6% anti-dumping penalty with a 6.9% anti-subsidy for five years on Aussie barley. China has bought about half of Australian barley production. China also barred beef imports from four Aussie plants. Australia has always stuck with the U.S. geopolitically, and these tariffs appear to be a message sent to Canberra that they should not bite the hand that feeds them. I think that there will be a lot more of this coming as the new Cold War heats up. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For advice on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 